0: Hey y'all, this is your girl Amber with Reaching Your Potential. In this next episode during our Black History series, I have a great friend of mine on the episode She's going to talk a little bit about how life is as a Black OT, and we actually have a few things in common too about how we learned about OT as well, so it's going to be a great discussion, so let's get started. friend nancy here on this episode she's going to talk a little bit about herself so before we begin say hey to nancy what's up girl
1: hello everybody (laughs) um how you
0: doing (laughs) i'm good i'm good
1: um can't complain
0: nice nice so let's start off with the first generic question about telling me a little bit about yourself what school you went to and Where did you learn about OT?
1: Okay, so I am Nancy Yamoa. I um, am an occupational therapist, specializing in adult geriatrics. I've been an OT for almost four years now. Um, I went to school in New York, so upstate New York, Buffalo, New York. I went to Duval College. Um, before that, I was, um, I used to work for the state of New Jersey, um, after I graduated with my undergrad in psychology and a minor in gerontology. Um, what else? I was born in Ghana. Um, I moved here in the sixth grade and I've been here ever since. I did go back after OT school for a whole month cause I needed that break. <laughs> so I did do- <laughs> Um, which was awesome. Um, I had a lot of fun with that. So yeah. Uh, what else? I think that's pretty much a little, a little preview about me. I do have a YouTube channel. Um, lovely OT on YouTube, lovely with two eyes OT on YouTube. And, um, I also have an Instagram presence. Um, the same name, lovely with two eyes underscore OT on Instagram. Um, I provide services for, um, people interested in going into OT school. So if you are someone who's out there who's who may be interested in OT, I provide services like one-on-one consultations. I have an ebook out for someone like that as well. I also have consultations for people interested in SNF OT because I do have a lot of years experience in that setting. Um, and yeah, I also do essay editing and things of that sort. So I just started my own company. It's still very brand new. It's still a baby, so... Um, yeah, that, that's a little bit about about me.
0: You are so productive. You got a lot of things going on for yourself. You got the YouTube, you got the Instagram page, you're already creating your business. You have, wow, it's just so inspirational.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you thank you so much. Yes. Um, there's also another page that I think that I want to talk about because I think that page is going to be something really good for people of color, Black people, um, and yes. also in general, um, is called Therapists of Color Network. Um, I created that that space for colored therapists because I think that we needed a space like that where we can collaborate and network. And I really the 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 ult- ultimate goal for that goal for that page is for togetherness, right? Unity and for just just a space a safe space for us. And um, I really want to do more in-person stuff in the future. Um, I had this mm-hmm. plan before COVID, but then obviously because of COVID, it wasn't able to come into fruition how I wanted it to be. But Um, we do have, um, we do have a a page on Instagram therapist of color. And then we also have a presence on clubhouse doing some, um, some discussions and stuff like that on Sundays. So do stay tuned and, um, do come and join us for sure.
0: Yes, I definitely joined the the clubhouse page i haven't gotten a chance to join in any of the conversations just yet because sundays are just so busy for me but i really want to join in one of those discussions because i know they're going to be so um empowering and as you said supporting each other in not just ot but just in the therapy world it's not that many of us so Mm -hmm. having that community is so important
1: It's very, very important. Um, And I think that also, I feel like the more that we are out there in all of these platforms, the more advocacy we are creating for, not just for PTO or SOP, but also for the fact that there's colored people in all of these professions, and it's not just the majority majority, which is white people. So I think that we need our voices to be amplified in all of these different spaces that have been created, especially on social media, because that's the power tool right now for connection. So um, I think that it's, it's definitely important.
0: Yeah. And as you said, social media is probably the biggest way or the biggest tool for advocacy and spreading the word since COVID is kind of, Hindering, and I would say hindering us, but right now is kind of a big barrier for us to meet in large gatherings due to COVID. So a lot of these things have to be virtual or using social media tools like Instagram and Clubhouse, just finding creative ways to still spread the word is, is huge.
1: Yes, very, very huge. Yes, absolutely. But I, I cannot wait for in, more in person. Um, Me too. <laughs> everyone, Me too. All of the people I've met on social media. I cannot wait for that to happen. I'm very excited just thinking about it. So it will be awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, same here. Because like even seeing you know you on IG live or just seeing you virtually, it just feels natural. Like I feel like I've talking. I talked to you or knew you for years. I'm like, oh my goodness, imagine when I actually meet you in person.
1: Right. It's exactly. just
0: going to be so great.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Can't wait. Me
0: too. So I know you talked about you going to school upstate New York. You said Deuville?
1: Yes, I went to Deuville.
0: Yes. Okay, nice. Um, how was your experience there? I I went to school upstate as well. Um, not that upstate in Buffalo, but I was kind of like in central New York and Ithaca. How was that program, you know, in terms of your experience or even your cohort? Was, were there any other people of color in your cohort? Were you the only Black individual? You know, let me know.
1: I really did enjoy um, Duver College. Um, I was not the only Black Girl, black person. Um, I think we had myself, Danielle. Da, 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 let me see, I'm trying to count. I think there was probably six of us, I believe. I oh, wow, it.
0: that's a lot. <laughs>
1: black girls. Um, yeah, so that made it really awesome. Um, we definitely had each other, you know, to talk to and you know, run ideas by and things like that. So um, that was definitely a blessing I was not the only black girl um, but there was no black guys and i don't think there was mm-hmm. any the whole, the whole time i was there maybe one in the mm-hmm. people but um not in the ot program so i'm also very um passionate about that um I'm very close to this other black ot well she, he's a student now um black. Mm-hmm. M- because I think there's also a, a, a very huge barrier there, like where are the black men in um, yeah. a lot of healthcare professions and OT is definitely not the um, inclusion one when it comes to that. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done when it comes to colored people in, in these educational programs or healthcare programs, whether it be PT, SOP, um, OT, um, especially when it comes to Black male but, and also, obviously, Black females as well. But I was definitely blessed enough to have um, other Black females like myself in my program. Um, but even though we didn't have any Black um, professors, we actually didn't have mm-hmm. colored professors. Um, all my professors were white females. Um, uh diversity in that um I'm trying to think field work I don't think I even had no like my whole experience of field work I didn't meet any colored um OTs either which was really weird um yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> same here though <laughs> And it's crazy because I was thinking like, okay, maybe like maybe once I start working, I'll start meeting other black people. And I did. Once I started working, I was like, oh, okay, it's not just me. Me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: because when you don't see them, you're just like, oh, am I the only one here?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because I didn't have I didn't have any professors that were black or, or colored or any fieldwork instructors that were black or colored. So I definitely felt um alone but um i think i think the big the big thing about that is that um i'm the type of person that i love to empower myself because i do mm. that self-empowerment is powerful yeah um, that that is where our power lies as black people that we need to find the confidence and the power within ourselves right we need to be able to see that because if we don't we will forever Feel like we cannot do something because of our color, right? Mm-hmm. For me, it was it was very big for me to break that um, that notion about who I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to act, um, the things that I can and cannot do because of my skin color. Like, I didn't want to be subjective to that. I'm like, no, I'm not going to think like this. I'm not going to not do the things that I want to do and accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish because society is telling me that I, uh, I, I am not to be given those, those same opportunities because of my skin color. I just didn't want to accept that narrative for myself. So in the beginning, even going to a T school, I had that thinking like, no, I'm going to go to school. It doesn't matter if I'm the only Black girl or Black person, I'm going to do my very best and I'm going to graduate. I'm going to be an OT. And nothing and no one can stop me from doing that. So I think mindset is so important for me. And as people of color, as black people, we need to talk a lot about mindset because I think that's where it starts from, Um, our own mindset. I I do a lot of work when it comes to mindset with my, even with my black patients, um, with my colored patients, especially when i hear them talking about tucking, talking down to themselves i used to work in an all black community as an ot and i love that job so much i love mm-hmm. that because a lot of them were able to connect with me right on on a different level because i looked like them yes and- exactly use that power, so to speak, that I had to really um, also be humble in that because I wanted them to see like, hey, you don't have to be subjective to what the society is telling you that you're supposed to be. You can be whatever that you want to be. Um, if you want to go back to school and be a doctor, like do that, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, you can do. And I think sometimes they really, they probably got annoyed with me because I'm that girl, like I will encourage you so <laughs> Older, you're probably gonna be like you know okay you know what all right i get, I it. I get it i'm gonna do um, it <laughs> right, exactly but i think that it's so important for us to be each other's strength you know especially when that person is not there yet to say hey yes i am here but also to look back and pull somebody along with you on the journey so my ot program was definitely good like i felt like the professors knew what they were doing um i think the mm-hmm. program program i recommend that school to a lot of people who are interested in ot um i really didn't have a bad experience there i know other people say they did but i honestly did not if i did you know me i will say oh, you uh, said it <laughs> <laughs> I no um but no i really didn't have any like discrimination against me i didn't at least i didn't feel like it but then again I, like i already mentioned i went in thinking about girl and i was do what I need to do so if there were some subtle stuff I really didn't have time to notice it because yeah. I was very focused like I went there with a goal and I I did it because I, that's what I'm saying it, it all goes back it all goes back to your mindset like how you think um and so yeah I we had one professor that worked with AOTA And I think NBCT, NBCOT also. So we were very ready and like, you know, getting ready for that side of things. Um, That really did help a lot. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I wish that they did have um, embedded in the curriculum, like a lot of um, studies with like diversity and, Mm stuff because I think that that's so important especially when it comes to like medical racism like that's a thing and schools act like it doesn't exist even though we will graduate and we'll have to phase those things with our patients and with other people we need to be ready for that and other people who are not black or or colored need to also be ready for that topic, um, because it will come up, you will have a Black patient as a non-Black clinician and what are you going to do, how are you going to treat that person, you know, so we need to talk about these things, we need to have those topics in um, institutions such as OT schools and PT, any kind of school out there, they need to be discussions in class, and they need to be, even if it's like one, uh, one class a semester, just to talk about how we feel about that subject and how we can kind of mitigate that problem. And there is no talk about that. And, and that's, that's a huge barrier.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I remember one of my peers and I, we actually talked to one of our professors on that when you, when you just talked about like, kind of like having those case studies that are representing diversity, um, not just having, you know, and the 54 year old white female that has arthritis, but lives in like a 3000 square house, you know, like, Mm -hmm. let's talk about Arthur, who is the 84 year old man, black man who doesn't have access to, you know, the things that maybe another individual may have access to, and try to figure out ways that he can still be independent. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel that, um, I was the only black person in my cohort. So I, that was a little, um, it wasn't really challenging per se. Um, of course, there were some discussions that we had that kind of butt some heads with like my peers and I, but in terms of that, I felt like my OT department was very supportive for me. Um, but as you said, when you have a goal and mm-hmm. you come there and you're like, this is what I'm doing, I'm going to graduate Of honors, and I'm going to become an OT. That's your goal. Nothing's going to stop you. And that mindset that you you also mentioned is so important. Having that mindset for yourself versus other people trying to channel that mindset for you is two different things. Mm -hmm. Like you have to want it for yourself. You can't have you, you shouldn't depend on other people to encourage you to do something. Exactly. then when, why are you doing it? You know, you shouldn't do it for a show or you shouldn't do it for other people. Do it for yourself because you want to do it.
1: Exactly. That's that's another thing too, because I think when I started my social media platform, I really wanted to advocate for OT, but I also wanted to advocate for Black OTs Yeah. and to be that voice for other people that look like me that wanted to be OTs. Um, but now I want to slowly also transition into that mindset part of it because obviously I come from a psychology background. I've always been very in tune mm. to spirituality and your mindset and things like that. Because I do think that it's very important. I I, I also think that that's the key in, in a lot of these issues that we have we are faced with. Of course society will will put it has its issues and its laws and we have people who are racist and we can't control that. You cannot control. Um, and so I think that when once we step into ourselves and into our power and see how beautiful we are inside and out and how we have something to contribute to society and to our communities and how our lives do matter, we don't have to wait for someone to tell us that our lives matter or that we matter in society. We need to know that for ourselves because when you start to step into that power, you can do a lot more. Um, you're not waiting for someone to give that applause or you're not waiting for someone Someone to yep. see you as worthy of anything, you go and you take that seat if you want it. You go and you open that business if you want it. You go and you get that degree, and you don't let nobody or anything stop you. So it, it all starts from us how we think how we see ourselves um and i know that history has made it so hard for us as black people to embrace our blackness and embrace who we are even when it comes down to our hair i mean they i mean we have been lied to about so many things including our hair i mean that's is the fact that our hair cannot grow and we believe that nonsense. So I think it's all about going back to ourselves again and going back to who we are and seeing that we are just, I always marvel that the things that black people can do and have done in, in, in the past and been that we've been through so much, but yet we're so strong and we keep going. That just goes to show you the power that we have yeah. collectively as, as people. So I think that we need to step into that power and that greatness a lot more.
0: I agree 100% with everything that you just said, girl. Like, this adversity and perseverance, whatever the world throws at us, you know, we still come on top, you know. And as you said, looking at the past history, looking at all of these, all, all of our ancestors that paved the way for us, I can't even imagine you know, mm-hmm. the things that they had to overcome, and mm-hmm. they still persevered, mm-hmm. they still used the power that was embedded within themselves to overcome these things.
1: Mm-hmm. And if
0: they could overcome those obstacles,
1: yes.
0: like what, what are, what are we complaining about? You know,
1: Um it really does Like when you talk to my siblings, all my siblings are doing well because I always instilled that in them. And so when I get an email from another person that looks like me, and I do understand that, you know, it's a journey. Um, I didn't just wake up one day and started thinking like this, right? Um, But when I do get emails from other black people who look like me, or when I meet them in person and they talk down about themselves and how they cannot, they cannot, they cannot. And I I get so sad because I'm like, no, baby girl, like, no, you can do it. Like you, whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. Don't let nobody lie to you that you cannot do it. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody else has to say. You can do it if you want it. If you really, really want it, you can do it, period. And once you start with that mindset, you good, you good. That class you can you can pass it. That whatever it is, you can do it. Um, and especially when you have a good mentor too. I think mentorship is another thing that's so important. That we this, just like you were saying yesterday in the live, going back to high school and, and talking to kids that look like us. I think it's so important because it's great to talk about that. But it's also even better when they can see that you you have done it. Wow, like you're really an OT. Wow, you're really doing this. Wow also do it. So seeing that is also very empowering. Being that voice and being that mentor for other people that look like us and to just speak power into them is so important.
0: Yes. And the mentorship, you I feel like it's so important to have a mentor. But specifically as Black people, we need to have a mentor that looks like us. Mm -hmm. Like yes, they have the experience or yeah they may be pursuing OT in a setting that is your goal but having an actual black ot as your mentor is huge because that's where you that relationship it mm-hmm. it makes a shift, you know? It's so much different versus having us an ot mentor.
1: Yes, it, I, it, you know,
0: like you can talk to them about the 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 challenges that you're facing. Mm-hmm. with, um you know, your, your patients and things of that nature. Like right now, I have a mentor for my new job right now, I'm working in home health. And my mentor, she's fairly young, she, I believe she's about to reach her third year as an OT in this setting, which is great. And she's been very helpful in all aspects. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I wish I had was a mentor that looked like me. Mm-hmm. So I could so Mm -hmm. she could understand how I feel when I'm, you know, when I'm going through a situation with a patient that does not look like me. And the conversations are different. You know, like, they're so different when you have a patient that doesn't look like you versus ones that do look like you. Mm -hmm. Like you just talked about it too, a few minutes ago about the relationship you had with your Black patients. You know, it's so different. It's just that, you, you, you go into a deeper level yeah. with your patients that mm-hmm. represent the same racial group as you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I have right now one patient, he's a Black male, but it's, it's still a Black person. But I had also a Black female that mm-hmm. I was treating for some time too. And it was just a beautiful rapport that I had with her. She trusted me with, the therapy sessions that we had together, um, the conversations we had were were so meaningful. Uh, I just felt like I was speaking to my grandmother, you know? it's It was just such, it was such a beautiful sight. And I enjoyed every moment with her because of that bond and knowing that she could, you know, she could relate to me, but she knew that I was her therapist, and her therapist was Black, like exactly.
1: her. <laughs> exactly. That's why advocacy for OT, Black OTs, is so important. It's so important because of that. Um, When you have that relationship, like it just makes the whole therapeutic process so much easier. They're very open. Um, There's not a sense of mistrust there, yeah. um, like it or not. That's just the truth. The hard truth is that a lot of Black people don't trust non-Black people. (laughs) No, they don't. And things like that. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. And so when they see someone that looks like them, that trust is there and they are very open. And that's why we need to push that. We need to push that so much so that because... Literally, lives depend on it. I mean, look at how many black people have passed away because their their voices were not heard because of a black or oh, black people can take pain a lot more or mm-hmm. they need that pain medicine because you're black and you can take it or that you're lying because well, black if you're black you're a drug addict, right? Because you're asking for pain medications. Maybe they really do need that, you know. So for me, I, I take it very seriously when I have um, black patients who are I feel like are not being treated the same as other patients, I, I will let my voice be heard. I would speak up for them. I would advocate for them Mm -hmm. because I know what it's like to be in their position, to feel like when you feel like your voice is not being heard, when you feel like you're screaming and nobody can hear you. So I, I get that. So I take it very seriously. I advocate for all my patients, but i especially also advocate for my black patients because sometimes they don't advocate for themselves. Yeah. Of the trauma. A lot of them Mm-hmm. Because of that, they don't speak up for themselves so I get that and because I get that and I can relate I am that voice for them and I also educate them about that hey you have to speak up if you need something well they're not listening to me you know I'm not trying to be annoying you know how we are yeah. and so I'm like, mm-hmm. you got to speak up like you got to say something like I will say something for you like I, I remember I had a patient who had stroke and they wanted to discharge him earlier than he needed to be I was like no like he's going to stay here and we're going to find another insurance. And we're going to do this with him because he's right there. He's almost there. And I felt like, especially when it comes to stroke, you need a lot of months to recover. You do. To show progression. Yeah. You cannot just do it for a month and say, Hey, well, and it wasn't like he wasn't even progressing. He was. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's, you can tell insurance, you can show his notes to insurance. He's getting better each day. So tell Go home. It's not acceptable to me. We need to keep working. And he did. He started walking and everything. Wow. Walking with a walker, dressing himself, going to the bathroom—all he couldn't do. He couldn't even sit up when he first came. So we need to be that voice for our patients. And sometimes, unfortunately, our white counterparts may or may not be advocating for for people that look like us. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it's so important that we take that role so seriously, you know, like we have so much power that Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't realize Mm -hmm. when it comes to patient care. Mm -hmm. And when we have a patient that looks like us, and they may not feel like someone is hearing them out, that's our opportunity to make sure that their needs are met, Mm -hmm. that if they need, you know, medication, or if they need somebody to talk to their doctor to ensure that like, hey, I feel like they need to continue treatment or OT or whatever. We are the ones to advocate for that. And of course, documentation is great to kind of um, support that,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know? That's why they always say like, if you don't document it, it never (laughs) happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is so true. Um, But not only that, just like you said, like I didn't have um, any black OT um, instructors or even clinical instructors or anything like that. Yeah. And so when we are done, and I'm so big on that because I feel like when we are done with school, and we have graduated, we're not clinicians, that we go back and either be fieldwork inst- instructors, like yeah. CIs, or we go back and we teach OT, or we do things like we're doing, like you have a podcast, you know, um, doing YouTube, doing mentorship, like getting involved, because that's the only way that we can be empowered, seeing that each other um, hold those those um, position in power. You know what I mean? Like we, when I yeah. see who's black, who's, who's uh, an OT instructor to me, I'm like, oh, that's, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, and other black people coming up, seeing that, I think that's empowerment for them and it inspires them to keep going. And I think when I was in school, when I didn't see an OT instructor, my footwork instructors, none of them were, were OTs. I didn't even see other black clinicians when I was doing my footwork. Um, I I thought it was not enough. I I thought it was no black um, OTs. I was like, okay, maybe there's none. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like five people in my program. I'm like, okay, maybe there's none out here. But they are. It's just that a lot of them, a lot of us don't really get involved in these positions. And I think that's a problem. I think that we need to be more and more involved in taking students more and more involved in mentorship, going to different communities and um, either working there or just going to different schools and talking to them. I love to take every time I get email about being um, a keynote speaker or being a guest speaker for a school. I'm taking that opportunity because I think that way for other people that look like me to see me in that position and for that to be empowering for them to keep going. And so I think that we need to grab those opportunities, even if it's not given to us that we need to take them and we need to let our voices be heard. Um, yesterday, sometimes I'm like, Oh girl, I'm going to be, I'm going to get in trouble one of these days. Yesterday <laughs> I was you know, minding my business on social media and, um, there was this, um, Instagram page. I think they're called Madish or Madish, or I think that's the name of it. Madish, something like that. Okay. And, um, I guess they have a new product out and, um, it was like a black, um, I think it was like a, a magnet or something like that. And had like black nurses, black doctors, black, um, all these other professions. And I DM them and I'm like, where is the black OTs? Where is, black PTs, where is the black SLPs? And you may think that it's not a big deal, but it is a, it
0: big, is a
1: big deal. Patient does matter. So when you make these magnets and you exclude other black professions, that's you saying that we don't matter. Yep. Here. Black OTs are here. That is another profession that maybe your daughter may be interested in instead of nursing or doctors. And what we do does matter. So even though that comment or that DM wasn't something that I made public, I am always advocating for black OTs all the time. If I see something that's not right, I'm going to speak up. I don't care how big that the company is or whatever. I'll speak up because at the end of the day, we if we, if we just brush it off and let it go, then how is it going to get any better?
0: Yeah, it's just going to be a continuous cycle. And yeah. I just love that you just like message them like, excuse me, you're missing something. (laughs) And like, if we have more people like you, Nancy, to just be comfortable with speaking up and saying, this isn't right, you know, like you talk about all these different healthcare workers, but what about the ones that are working in the rehab setting, the OTs, the PTs, the speech therapists, even the rec, the rec therapists, you know, like, these are, these are professions that get unnoticed or sometimes you forget about them or you don't even know that they exist
1: <laughs> and, and
0: it's, it's sometimes it does get very stressful and you we always have to advocate for ourselves but that just gives us more opportunities to educate people yeah. on what we do and hopefully they start to you know exactly. not take it lightly but educate other people as well
1: Exactly. I did the same thing with figs. Figs sent me. Mm. They sent me a brochure to for something because I used to buy figs. Um, I do like that company. I think they 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 put a lot of time and work into their company, and I I respect that. Yeah. And um, they sent me some kind of brochure, and it was like all oh, these other professions in there and I'm like you want me so you know that I'm an, an OT and I work scrubs but yet there is no representation of other therapists black therapists in your magazine and you think that's okay right <laughs> like you want me to spend my money but you don't want to represent me no that's no, not but, yeah you're not taking my money <laughs> exactly I'm like you need to represent all these you know I think that the fact that we speak up is, a, is so important because our, our, I think that our power is also in our voice. If yes. we don't do nothing, nothing gets better. So when you see something, wherever you're working, if you're a student, if you're a clinician, if you're just a bystander, someone who's just in the community, if you see something that is not right, you have to speak up. You have to say something and not be scared of whatever. I mean, I, I don't I don't get scared about anything because <laughs> <laughs> i think that uh what's mine will be mine and yep. that's, that's just how i feel about that
0: yeah you have to speak up and then for the most part whatever you are saying there's people behind you that wanted to say the same thing but just were afraid to say it yes you know that's so uh, power in our voice power in our mindset it's just like we just need power power is needed in in our lives especially as um black health professionals
1: it is it definitely is like um and the same thing with for our um non-black and non-colored um uh classmates or cohorts or you know co-workers and things like that to Mm -hmm. also when you speak about allyship and say you want to be an ally but you don't speak up when it's really needed um you know you were in a meeting and you're the only Black person, which is usually has been my um, experience. Usually I'm the only Black OT Mm -hmm. um, meetings and things like that. And so I I make sure that I use my voice in, in those places. And if you are since you are the only Black person, if there's something that was said that was like not said in the right way, and there's other people who claim to be allies who don't see, speak up or don't say nothing, or you know, I think there's just a lot of work that needs to be done in that area as well. Because how, how am I gonna sit at lunchtime with you and, and crack jokes when in that meeting you didn't even speak up? Say anything. Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot of problems when it comes to that because a lot there's a lot of us who don't feel comfortable in our workplaces mm-hmm. because of things like that, because of there's inequality, there's microaggressions, there's those little comments that you make about my hair that you think there's no big deal. But for me, it has been years of oppression of our hair. So when you make a comment about that, you need to make sure that you're saying the right comments because that could be something hurtful for me. It could be a traumatic experience for me. So I think that there's just a lot a lot of work that needs to be done even when it comes to our names and and things like
0: yes and pronouncing it correctly or yes um
1: I don't I think you were not on the um (laughs) clubhouse. I don't know if you were or you were not but we had a clubhouse and we're talking about the same thing about names and how our um white counterparts sometimes or even our white patients sometimes don't want to say our names the right way Uh or didn't I give you a nickname or something like that and um usually when people ask me my name when i tell them I'm like no then nancy's pretty easy but even with nancy i've actually had people say well nancy's not a black name how come your name is
0: he's like, yes. oh, you see, like my my whole name is if people just saw my name they will probably instantly think it's a white person
1: exactly right and I, I, I sometimes I do have fun with that
0: yeah me too
1: me <laughs> and then you know they see me like oh
0: okay oh you're a Nancy yes I'm Nancy
1: <laughs> yes I am I'm Nancy nice to meet you um so, but of course with my last name I actually had someone tell oh, your last name I didn't know if you were because you kind of sound I actually had someone tell me that I sound a not black on the phone and they thought that I was like Asian or something like that because my last name they didn't they really couldn't figure it out and I'm like how dare you try to figure me out like
0: yeah like what
1: it's just one of those things that is just like really but I make it a point to um have people pronounce my last name correctly multiple times if you have to because you want me to say your name right but you don't want to learn mine <laughs> yes um, well we, we're not gonna do that so I sometimes when they ask me, oh, they usually, they'll usually say, oh, where, where is that, um, where is that last name from? Or where are you from? And I always throw that question back at them. I'm like, oh, your, your last name is what? Okay. Where is that from? Is that Germany? Or is that Italy? Or where mm-hmm. is that? Because we are all from somewhere. So right. if you need to ask me and question me about my last name. I also have the right to question you about yours as well. So I always do that in a very professional but firm way, but also shady because I <laughs> that, um, yeah, that we can we can both do this. So I think that, <laughs> it, that know, that's
0: simple. important to do because like of course, like we like, oh, we're patient client, you know, client center type of thing, but like okay, back in the, the day. I have to give you respect, but you have to reciprocate that respect back to me. You know, like, yes, I I just want to make sure that I'm saying your name correctly, but make sure you pronounce my name right too. You know, I'm a person and I have feelings and I have values and I have certain mm-hmm. expectations. And I expect that you say my name correctly.
1: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel bad about that. Um, I love to empower um, new new clinicians, too, because I think that there's a lot of fear, too, sometimes. Like, I may say the wrong thing, you know, I don't want to come off of this, but there's a professional way in doing everything. Yeah. Everything. Um, so, yeah, always, definitely always be professional, but always demand that respect as well.
0: I love that. Um. Do you have any other piece of advice for new grads or, like, new OTs that are entering the profession? Especially if they're, you know, representing, you know, being a person of color.
1: Um, I would definitely say, like we already mentioned, um, the mindset to me is is a big one. Yeah. Don't go in with a mindset of you're less than um because of your skin color, because of how you look. Um, go in with confidence, believe in your abilities as a clinician, number one. Um, yes, you may have, especially patients that may have some comments. I've had patients make comments about different things, but I always, in a professional way, always um, ask them, either I ask them to stop, I ask them to um, be respectful, just like I'm respecting them. Um, and that always works. Or, um, I would say, Hey, I don't appreciate you saying this and so I'm very firm, but I'm also very professional, very respectful about it. And so don't go to work and, and, um, accept abuse, whether it being verbal abuse or ver- verbal abuse or, um, verbal abuse or like physical abuse or anything like that from patients. Cause some patients will try you and if they can get away with it, they will, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so you have to always demand that respect, especially if you've given them respect, they need to give you respect back. And if they cannot do that, then you have to find other ways to mitigate that problem, whether it be having them see somebody else or whatever. But usually it works when you are very firm with them in a very professional way, like, hey, I don't appreciate that. I would rather we have a respectful um you know, relationship, work, relationship, um, therapy, patient, therapist, patient relationship. I will really respect that. And really use that time to also educate them because a lot of people are coming from a place where they haven't had anybody ever talk to them in that way or in that firm manner, but also in a pro- professional manner. So show them that you can be respectable and also be respectable and professional and also be firm at the same time and also be Black because I think that people love to try as us, us Black people. Um, So always have your, just be confident, be confident about your skills as a professional. Always seek a mentor. Um, I think that's a big one because a lot of people because once again, also from some, some are past experiences where they feel like they didn't have that help or there was nobody there to help them, therefore, or nobody willing to help them, therefore they're not going to ask for help when they need it and that's a mistake. Um, I love helping people, I love having mentors, there are a lot of people out there who are willing to help if only you will have that confidence to ask for it. Because I think sometimes we don't have that humility to ask for help when we need it. So you need to be humble enough to seek that help when you need it. You know, if you feel like you need some ideas or or go on YouTube, go on Pinterest. Go if you don't want to ask other people or go on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn because you can search like ots and you can probably see some black ones that may be willing to help you so use your resources that are out there there's so many free resources out there utilize it um what else so yeah i think that's basically it the mindset thing is big and mentorship is big not accepting verbal abuse is, is huge or physical abuse um and yeah if you think advocacy is a big one too like advocate for yourself advocate for your mm-hmm. pain especially, um, other patients that look like you advocate for all your patients, but definitely, like I said, with the trauma thing, um, your black patients may not speak up sometimes when there's something wrong. Um, they may not advocate for themselves, even though they need that help. So make sure that you're doing a little bit more work when it comes to, um, your patients, the patients of color, cause they may not speak up, um, from trauma and things like that. So yeah, just, just be confident in yourself and, and go for it for sure.
0: Yes, I love all of those tips and even as a new OT, I try my best every single day to embed those things, you know, like being confident in what I'm providing to my patients and um, knowing that I deserve to be where I am, you know, like knowing that I have every right to be an OT or I'm qualified to do this. Um, I feel like sometimes that can be questioned even though patients don't don't bluntly say like are you qualified but just like sometimes the things that they say or the way that they move Mm. may question that Mm. but knowing that like hey I'm qualified to do this you know like I passed my boards I'm licensed I'm certified I may not be your skin tone or your race but I know what I'm doing and I have the confidence in providing the reasons as to why we're doing certain things Mm -hmm. you know so confidence is definitely key and knowing that you are you have every right to be where you are as an OT and whatever giving setting or whatever um population that you're serving is huge
1: because I think that you know, society sometimes forces us as Black people to prove ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so exhausting, you know, it's like you always got to prove yourself that you deserve to be here, that you have the right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's, it's exhausting. I'm tired of trying to prove myself to you that I deserve to be here, you know? But it's also, like I said, it's, it's just also from just history and all the trauma and all the constant, like, <sighs> stereotype of how we, they have made Black people to seem and to be, and we all know that it's it's far (laughs) from the truth, okay? We all know that it's so far from the truth. Like I said, I'm always amazed, amazed by the power and the Abilities of Black people. Like they're so innovative. Like they're just, Black people are, I mean, I'm not saying that because I'm Black, okay? Right. <laughs> I'm being biased. Honestly speaking, I think Black people are amazing. I think all people are amazing, but. When you really study Black people, it just amazes me that when we talk about Black magic, I really do think that Black people do have magic, and I and I always say this that when you don't have diversity in your company, mm-hmm. you are missing a huge piece of of a a puzzle because black people and colored people in general have so many unique ideas and perspectives that they can bring to the table that can make that company be 10 times better than what it is. And you are losing out because of what? You're losing out because of color. You're losing out because of false stereotypes that are not even true. And you could have been elevating that company. So that's why I also empower black people to start their own companies because we have so many innovative ideas yeah. that when we start a company when a black person start a company you know that company is going to be great because we put everything that we are our soul and mind into everything. Yep,
0: Exactly. And
1: so I I just think that you're losing. If you don't you don't want me to be part of your little company, okay, fine. It's it's your laws because my ideas and the things that I bring to the table could have helped you out. Mm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> snap snap like literally every time when you talk, talking I'm just like oh my goodness my girl is speaking fast, <laughs> like snap snap the whole way through
1: oh goodness I just love to be real you know I love to be real and it's just real talk like you know we just we just gotta be we just gotta speak the truth and Even if that might cause us sometimes, we just have to. I mean, you know, it's Black History Month. And when you really look at other Black people that came before us and the things that they had to go through to Hmm. Black people to be able to vote, to be able to go to school with other white people, like the thing that they had to go through to make that happen, it's amazing. It's just amazing fight that they had to fight for us to have the freedom that we have now is is just amazing so if we don't continue to fight for ourselves and to amplify our voices and the voices of other black people then i feel like we're doing a disservice to ourselves
0: i agree and thank you so much for just you know spitting all of these great wisdom these tips and just keep on encouraging not just you know me but just anyone who is listening to this podcast that we have to change that mindset from like a negative mindset to a more optimistic mindset that knowing that we have the power, we just mm-hmm. have to use it, you know, mm-hmm. use it to the best of your ability, use it in your voice, use it through advocacy, and educating others about what we can do and being confident yeah. with whatever you project.
1: Yes. Mindset is so is so important, Black people. If you're listening to me,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope they listen because you're just spinning all the the good things in here,
1: girl. When you honestly, it's it's out of this world. When you step into that power and you know you have that power, it's it's so free, and I don't think there's any other freedom that feels as good as that because yeah. then you know that you can do anything literally you can anything. do anything that you put your mind into unless you don't want to do it, it. Then but if you really want to do it who's gonna stop you
0: no one because literally yeah. all the things that are impossible are possible you just have to change the mindset mm-hmm. to ensure that i can do this and oh uh, it's just that shift yeah
1: Yes, and it may not come easy, but it takes every day. Just do whatever. It takes time. Yes, I love spirituality. Um, And so I love to read a lot of spiritual books. I've made, I actually made a video on my YouTube about spiritual books that you can read. um, If you guys want to check that out, it's a really good video. And um, I really just give people all the tips that I've used to increase and elevated myself and elevated how I think and how I move in this world and in my space. So Energy is important. And your mindset is important, and the things that you indulge in is important. Like you, you do your indulgence in your fitness, and it's it's it, that's important. It's it's right. also it's, even when it comes to that, that's a mindset. You have to have that mindset to be able to wake up and go to the gym and work out and do all of that. If you don't have that mindset and that zeal, it, it's it's ten times harder. You yeah. know, so it all starts in the mind, and then everything else kind of trickles down from that. So it's very important that we do that self work for sure. And then once we do that, why we also simultaneously doing the other work as well, as well as like advocacy and amplifying our black voices and things like that as well. So
0: yeah. amazing stuff, girl. Um thank you so much for your time and space. Nancy, you are just a blessing to so many people. I'm sure people are constantly just reaching out to you to just say thank you for your advice, just your resources and just being a help to many, especially for you know black OTs, I think is huge of what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Um anytime, any anytime else that you want me to come on, I would definitely do so we can talk about something else.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Like I got your information. So just look forward to some more emails uh- from me. <laughs>
1: yes 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 so yeah thank you for doing it no this is awesome i'm really happy i was i actually reached out to christia last night i said you need to get in contact with amber mm-hmm. you guys have similar stories about the mbcot and she you know she wants to start something so you know i i think that um yeah that it's important that we connect with each other and we yeah. support one another i think that's so important collaboration is so 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 important um i think that we can go far we can only go far alone. I think that we can do a lot more together. So I love. I
0: agree. Yeah. And I'll be contacting her too. If she doesn't contact me, I'll contact her. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, one last thing, Nancy, I know you mentioned your Instagrams in the beginning of the episode, but this is also a chance where you can share that information again. So everybody can follow you.
1: Absolutely. So my Instagram is lovely. Lovely is with two Y's because it's extra lovely, right? <laughs> and then underscore OT, so underscore OT. And on YouTube, it's just lovely OT together. There's no underscore lovely OT on YouTube. And um, yeah, you can see, you can find out about all my services that I provide in my link on my YouTube, my um Instagram. Like I already mentioned in the beginning, I have services that help with students who may need help um, getting into OT school. And I'm also, I also wrote a bunch of, well, I wrote one ebook, but I'm planning on writing two more ebooks to help um, all, all OTs, but especially Black OTs to be able to stay in OT school and graduate, pass your boards and become break clinicians especially if you want to specialize in adults um, or geriatrics um, adult disabilities that's what I do so I have a lot of knowledge about that so I can definitely help you if you need a one-on-one consultation with me you can definitely we can book that as well so I'm always willing to definitely lend and help in hand however I can do it whether through YouTube or consultation or my Instagram so yeah that's that's me
0: amazing and y'all if you do not follow Nancy I hope you follow her right now because when I tell you everything that she posts it's such a help it's such a great help and I know I'm not the only one that's saying that and I'm not saying that because I know her I'm just like don't let that she didn't pay me to say that okay I'm saying that because I literally have used her resources and they are a great help so with that being said thank you Nancy again 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 thank you thank you thank you Y'all, this is the next episode of our Black History Series. I'm so happy Nancy was able to get on here. And, you know, we had a deep combo about, you know, just being Black health professionals, specifically Black OTs in this profession. How can we handle these challenging situations? in a professional way and a respectful way too so i hope you guys learned a thing or two from nancy but that's it in this episode this is your girl amber we're reaching your potential i'll talk to you guys later peace out